When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., This is the Court Today replay on C103. Morning to you. We welcome you along to Tuesday's edition of the programme. John Paul taking your calls at 1850 333 103. You can text your WhatsApp as well to 0862 103 103. And I can already see texts coming in to us. Thank you for that and uh, keep them coming. I am interested in your thoughts this morning on a topic that we are going to be covering today. And that's the around the whole issue of a nation, a possible nationwide ban on the burning of smoky coal. Now, the burning of smoky coal and a nationwide ban should have been introduced. It was due to be in place by September of this year. And if it had been in place by September, that would have been after many, many years of pushing it back. There's constantly been legal threats, mainly from countries that supply Ireland with coal. Poland would be one of the obvious ones, but it seems companies from Northern Ireland have threatened to sue and coal coming in from Holland, that's another country that's threatened to sue. And their argument always has been, if you're going to put a nationwide ban on smoky coal, then that's uncompetitive because you're going to say to people they can't burn smoky coal, but it's okay for them to burn peat and wood. And it's now accepted that peat and wood are just as likely to clog up the winter skies and go on to cause problems for people with asthma and people who have vulnerable lungs. So that's always been a bit of a, a problem for the government. Well, I think in principle they want to get rid of the smoky coals, but because of this threat of being sued by companies, by countries that supply coal to this country, it's kind of put it pardon the pun but it's put it on the back burner so it's back up to the fore again now we're going to be discussing it today because there's two areas in Cork now that it looks like will be banning smoky coal it will be Mallow and it will be Middleton but the government are now going to have a public consultation where they're going to ask the people of Ireland how we all feel not only about the burning of smoky coal but they're also saying should there be a complete ban on burning all fossil fuels which means if that came in you wouldn't be allowed smoky coal but you also wouldn't be allowed peat and you wouldn't be allowed to burn blocks or briquettes or wood anything anything like that. Now obviously turf cutters they're already in on this they are vowing to campaign against any plans for a ban on uh, smoky fuels Uh, so they've already started and they are quite a strong strong lobby group and then I was looking back to try to find out well I wonder how many households actually still 
have open fires and still burn coal and still burn peat and still burn wood. And the only way that we can get the most up to date information would be to look at the census. Our last census was in 2016. And if you remember one of the questions on the census, they ask us all what kind of how we heat our, our homes. Now, the majority of homes in this country, according to the census of 2016, 1.6 million households filled in a, a census that year. The majority of our homes are heated either with oil or natural gas or electricity. They're the top three. But then it is followed by 86,000 use coal, 90,000 households use uh, peat, 33,000 households use wood and that will include pellets. So there's a lot of homes that would be affected if the government decided to to make it illegal to burn turf, peat, wood, coal or any other items. There would be a lot of households. So, but the flip side of that is the households that are living in areas like, now Dublin, for example, is the smoky the ban on smoky coal has been in place for 29 years. It's widely accepted. I mean, there's a visible improvement in the city's smog, but also for people from, who suffer from lung conditions such as asthma, they've noticed a huge difference living in, in those built up areas. So I suppose there would also be a campaign as to why from a health point of view and from an air pollution point of view, this would be a good move. But I think we would end up with very much this rural urban divide because If you dig down into those central statistics figures, you are going to see that a lot of the homes, particularly the 90,000 odd homes who say that they mainly heat their homes through the burning of peat, they are believed to be one-off rural homes, most likely to be older people, most likely to be living in isolated areas and they are the ones living in very rural areas. So you can straight away see there'll be an urban-rural divide on this. Anyway, we're going to, to discuss it but we welcome your thoughts and comments on how you feel. Is it? Would you be with the government in saying, yeah, we have to do our bit for climate change. Everyone's talking about climate change and yet we hear from people not enough has been done. This is something that would directly have an effect on air pollution. It would directly have an effect on climate change. It would be a good move. But would we do it at the expense of the 40,000 are the 40% of Irish households that still use coal are a peat in some degree. They will be the ones who would most be affected. And if they are people who don't have a lot of money and some of those people, some of those elderly people, the living in very rural uh, areas will more than likely be in a group where they will be suffering huge fuel poverty and if you take their peat away from them they may have no fuel at all. So your thoughts welcomed on that because we'll be discussing it uh, throughout the morning uh, this morning. Some of you, a text in from Rena in Cantark to say, Patricia, apologies, I know you mentioned this several times before but I just can't find where I wrote it down when I took note of you talking about it on the radio. It's the Dairy Slash Planner for 2020 that has all the inspirational tips for the year. I can't remember the name of it. It is the Get Up and Go Diary is what you're talking about, uh, Rena, And it's 
it's a fabulous diary and as you say it is full of inspirational tips actually it's one of those things that I always purchase and every single year some friend or family member guaranteed to get get up go diaries for me because I love giving them out as presents because I, I think they're lovely actually you're in Cantork I still have the list of where they are on sale in Cantork if I look down very quickly the bookshop Cantork bookshop and they're also available at Mary Scully's on O'Brien Street in Cantork so you shouldn't have any problem at all picking up your copy of that uh, arena and then a WhatsApp in from somebody who wants to have a bit of a rant. Mara says, Hi Patricia. I was indeed shocked with yet another story about the new children's hospital, this time from the Sunday Times. Apparently, surveillance cameras capable of facial recognition have been ordered from a Chinese company to the tune of 1.7 billion. Yes, 1.7 billion. This is another crazy story, says Mara. I understand the need for cameras, but it does seem excessive in price, inclusive of the software and the cables, etc. No doubt it is impossible now to cancel this uh, contract. Who is in charge of all of these excessive expenditures? Thank you for letting me rant, says Mara, who sends me on a copy from the Sunday Times piece from last weekend and actually when I was reading Mara's text I was saying oh surely that's 1.73 million it's a mistake but it isn't it's 1.7 1.73 billion nearly 2 billion euro for these facial recognition cameras for the children's hospital and it is I'm reading just reading the piece here it is from a it's the technology comes from a Chinese com- company. Weirdly enough, that was banned in America for allegedly spying the same company. But anyway, that's not to take away from these high tech cameras, isn't that? That's just a crazy. Uh, yeah, that I would have to be with you, Mara, and I understand why you're having your rant because that does seem like a really, really expensive figure indeed, and there's just no sense or meaning as to why they would have to have cameras on. Um, that expensive. Now, you know, I can understand they need security cameras and they need the very best security cameras because it's a children's hospital. Understand all of that, but you're already spending almost two billion on a when you look already at the National Children's Hospital and the fact that it's running over and it's constantly running over and we still can't get an accurate figure as to exactly how much the children's hospital when it's all done, dusted and the keys are handed over and the first of the patients go in. It's only then I think we will know the actual official figure but that does seem another one of those crazy, crazy stories. Thank you uh, Mara for your rant and for sharing that with us to 0862103103 and thank you to Dennis Murray who is the Principal at Drumahan National School who joined us in studio last week to talk about the boys and girls at Drumahan National School and their, their wonderful act of kindness this year and how instead of giving presents to teachers they are looking after people less needy and the children are instead bringing in gifts for homeless people and they just want to help out other people this uh, Christmas and Dennis joined us in the studio to talk all about it well he's emailed Patricia at c103.ie asking me if I would say a thank you to all those who supported or helped out at the Drumahan National School's Christmas Fair which was held last Sunday Dennis said the event was a huge success and it was enjoyed by 
all. And he said also our collections for the Simon community and the Cork Homeless Help Support Group are going brilliantly and boxes are overflowing in every classroom. Isn't that terrific? And I know we're sending Fiona, our senior news reporter, out to take photographs and just to, before they wrap up on what is, has been a great initiative by the school. So thank you for that and we will get those pictures when we get them up on our Facebook. Actually talking of our Facebook page when you're on Facebook today make sure you check in to see 103 Cork because you've got a chance on our Facebook page of winning tickets for 10cc at the moment the wonderful band 10cc so check that out on our Facebook page and if you head over to our Instagram page you are in with a chance of winning a family pass to Cork on Ice just head over to Insta at C103 at Cork and talking of prizes on this show today once again thanks to Sue's the Asian street food restaurant in Mallow. They're based at Four Spa Square in Mallow. They have given us for every day this week 50 euro vouchers and they've given three of us three to give away every day reminding you that Sue's Asian, I keep saying ancient Asian uh, street food. They deliver right to your door. Once again, we have chopped up a song. Put it in the walk. Give it a bit of a mix and we'll play it for it and you're going to have to try to work out what the song is. I actually think the song in the walk today is a little bit uh, hard, I have to say, when I heard it earlier. We'll play it a little bit later on. I'm just trying to see if I can see it there on the screen and I can't. Anyway, we'll play it afterwards and uh, give you a chance uh, to see if you can work out what the song is and you could be in with a chance of winning one of those 50 euro vouchers thanks to Sue's Asian Street Food in Mallow. Now also coming up on the programme this morning we'll chat with an East Cork councillor who wants decisions around housing housing developments he wants to make sure that all of those decisions are made here in Cork that they're not made in Dublin and we'll talk to him more about his thinking and and where he's coming from on this we're going to hear about how stores and shops in Cork City are to offer a calm hour of shopping now this is for people with sensory issues and we know some shops some of the super values have been particularly good about doing this but I don't think we've ever had a group of city centre shops getting together to do it it's just going to be it's one hour a week where people anyone who's got a child or an adult with a sensory issue going shopping can be an absolute nightmare and I just have to say well done to all of the shops who are coming on board on this and we'll have a little bit more detail uh, about that on the programme and then Trevor Welch who presents the score over on our sister station 96FM will be joining us today on C103 in advance of a sale of sports books that he has decided to organise and he's doing it to raise funds for the wonderful Cork Penny Dinner so we'll have all of the details of Trevor's big book sale on the programme today and then it's Tuesday so that means Joe Heffernan will join us and today we're going to be looking and offering advice around Christmas stress Uh, you know Christmas can be probably one of the most stressful times of the year for many of us it should be the most relaxing happy wonderful time I think that's what we all aim for but then we can bring on a lot of the stresses ourselves if we're not organised properly I think if we overstretch ourselves I think that's always a problem at Christmas the ability to say no (laughs) I don't want to do it or I don't want to go there I heard for example somebody talking about and it just taught me my God if that's not Christmas stress somebody who has ended up a as part of a large family group where for a number of years 
she's always been hosting Christmas dinner and it's been going on now for 10 or more years. She kind of took it over from when her parents started to get older. So all of the siblings and their children all descend onto her house. And she said it just is starting to get, you know, a couple of years ago, she started thinking this is getting out of control because her siblings are having children. So, you know, it's getting more and more people she has to cater for every year. So last year she decided to draw a halt to it. So rather than say to the family, look, I'm not really coping very well with this, she went away and she decided I'll break the tradition and that'll be it. It'll be done and I'll be out the gap and then I can do my own thing. And she said what she most dreams and looks forward to is the idea of having Christmas for herself and her husband and her own children and having nobody else and batten down the hatches, lock the doors, pull down the shutters and just have Christmas themselves. And she said she dreams of doing that. So anyway, she went away last Christmas and that was fine. But then when she came back, she said from around August, September, the family again started talking about, oh, all round to yours for Christmas this year. And she just... She isn't strong enough, I suppose, to be able to tell the family straight out, look, I really don't want to do this. And she's again got sucked in and she's once again organising this big Christmas where all the family is coming around uh, to hers and she's starting to resent it and she certainly is not going to enjoy her Christmas this year. It's probably too late now to cancel and tell all the family sling your hook you can buy your own turkey and ham. I'm not having you around but she really needs to do something and maybe at this Christmas at the end of this Christmas soiree tell all the family that's it now folks next year just to let you know and give them the, the year's advance notice. So that kind of Christmas stress and then there's always this Christmas stress of having people that you don't want at your table, having to invite somebody that you don't really like and then just generally the busyness of Christmas and if you're working at the same time and you're trying to get all the preparation done and you're trying to get all the presents uh, in uh, and bought and the the perfect Christmas present and do you have enough money to buy all of the presents it can just be a stressful time so we'll have words of advice from our wonderful Joe on the programme today 1850 John Paul's taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 
Cindy Lauper on C0103. And that is time after time. Okay, as I expected, we're already getting commentary in about this um, idea that the government is considering making it illegal to burn turf, to burn peat, wood, coal or any such uh, items. A listener says that the government start this coal ban in Dublin first. What would be burnt in rural areas would be spread out. It wouldn't be in a built up urban area. There's nothing like a fire for people living alone. It's more than heat. It is a company. But the coal ban, the the smoky coal ban, that's already in place in Dublin, has been for 29 years. But I suppose what you're saying is they want to do the total ban on all fossil fuels. Bring it in in Dublin first but don't bring it in down the uh, country. And uh, Michael says, Patricia, in relation to the burning of wood, it's going to create controversy as all wood doesn't carry carbon. Oh, that's interesting. So some wood will be bad for the atmosphere, but other types of wood won't be. Watch this space, says uh, Michael. 1850 Let's take a quick break and we're back discussing this uh, issue of a ban on burning smoky fuel, particularly the fact that it's been extended to two areas of Cork. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after 1pm on C103 with your local mace. Going the extra smile this Christmas and making your celebrations special. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. Hi, Simon here. As you know, Cork has a host of local and world-class brands and it's a great place for shopping. This Christmas, we're asking you once again to make every effort to shop locally. We'd be delighted if you could do your Christmas shopping right here in Cork. Because a thriving local economy is good for everyone. Shop locally and you'll save time, you'll save money and you'll save local jobs. Support your own this festive season and have a very happy Christmas from all of us at C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103.
Minister for Climate Action Richard Bruton is expected to announce before Christmas that the banning on burning smoky coal is to be extended to 13 medium-sized towns with populations between 10 and 15,000. It's expected that Mallow and Middleton here in Cork will be included. Joining me, Labour Deputy for Cork East, uh, Sean Sherlock. Good morning to you, Sean. Good morning, Patricia. Sean, does this news come as a surprise to you or was it expected? It doesn't come as a surprise. However, there needs to be greater clarity about what the government is actually proposing. Because my understanding is that they are going to go through a consultation process first. And that following the consultation process where they're going to basically ask people if they're in favour of uh, the banning of smokeless coal, that they would then make a decision uh, on the basis of that consultation. But I thought the consultation process was to do with the banning of all fossil fuels, which would include turf and peat and wood, not just coal. Well, my, my understanding, and there needs to be clarity about this, because my understanding of that is that it's it's to do with smokeless uh, coal in particular. I would be very concerned if the government was proposing, if the Fine Gael government was, con- was proposing to ban wood-burning stoves, for instance, or, you know, other solid fuels, because there are countless houses that I know of, you know, that rely on the back burner uh, and the stove to heat their houses. And if they go for an all-out ban, I think that would be, uh, you know, severely detrimental for people. And I think for fuel-impoverished houses, in particular, where they rely on the bag of coal, the bag of blocks, the turf, the peat briquettes, etc. If you were to go on that line, I think there would be a revolution in this country, Patricia. Well, I'm assuming that if it was a ban on all fossil fuels, would that in- would would people would be include- able to use the the smoke-free coal? Well, or would it include that as well? It would include it because the, the definition, I suppose, of coal would be that it is a fossil fuel. Yeah. Uh, and if they're talking about going down you know, all fossil fuel rules, then you're talking about peat, you're talking about turf there as well. Wood, I'm not absolutely entirely sure about. Well, I know, I yeah, I know one, one of our, yeah, one of our listeners is, is making the point that the, the, the burning of wood would be a huge controversy because not all wood carries carbon, but then you're trying to work out which wood does and which wood doesn't. That's it. I, I think we have to go back to what I understand to be what the what the government is proposing, and I think what they want to do is to take out smoky coal. But okay, but, the but there's a problem there, isn't there, in trying prob- to do that? There's a problem there because you will probably have a legal challenge to that by the coal producers who are not in this country, but the coal producers outside of this country, who will say that it is anti-competitive and would contend then that peat and wood, for instance, you know would produce similar levels of pollution and that they should be included as well. So I think that's why the government have kicked a touch a little bit on this and gone down the road of a consultation. Uh, But I don't think anybody would be against a similar ban to that that was introduced in the 1990s in Dublin where you took out the smoky coal and you got rid of the smog, but it didn't mean that you couldn't burn coal. It just meant that you couldn't burn smoky coal. And, And I would caution any government representative in the county of Cork, pub, elected public representative, you know, not to uh, countenance any proposal that would mean that people, not only in urban areas, but in rural areas in particular, who are in fuel impoverished houses, who might have the stove in the corner, uh, who are heating back boilers, heating their radiators, 
you know, through the use of solid fuels, that if they go down that line, I, I, I actually think that people would take to the streets over something like that, you know. Well, I was because looking at the figures, the figures from the census, obviously, which would be because there was a question on the census in 2016 as to how we heat our homes. And 40 percent of householders use coal or peat to some degree. Oh, absolutely. And the coal and peat and wood now are, are the staples for heating houses in, in some areas. Newer houses will, for the most part, will be retrofitted. The insulation values will be a lot higher. But there are countless thousands of houses in the county of Cork. You only have to go into an average house in a rural area, uh, you know, that was built maybe in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, where people are absolutely relying on solid fuels to heat the house. Now, you can't take out a solid fuel out of the equation without actually putting in some sort of a plan for retrofitting houses, you know, for better insulation. And that means better grants, better financing for people if they want to upgrade their houses uh, and, you know, for better insulation and so on. But but right now, there is no way on God's earth could you implement a nationwide ban on wood burning, turf burning, peat burning, you know, uh, and coal burning because uh, uh, people would literally perish in their own houses yeah, because it just, housing it just wouldn't be insulation possible. values are, are not high enough for the vast bulk of houses that are built, notwithstanding the building regulations that are in place at the moment. But that's only for houses that have been built in the last number of years. Yeah, and here's, I mean, summed up by one of our listeners to say, it says, Hi Patricia, I am in my 60s living in Mill Street, listening uh, to you talking about the possibility of a ban on smoky coal and turf and wood for the open fire. I'm disabled. I've got an open fire that I burn coal and blocks in last week. I heard it said that the government may consider stopping the fuel allowance. I can't afford to use oil to heat my house. I live in an old house. I don't have wall installation. How are the older people living in rural areas in traditionally cold houses meant to keep warm in winter. There's no gas mains, by the way, here in Mill Street. Yet again, the TDs are sitting and they're centrally heated mansions. So how would they feel about swapping homes, maybe even for a week, then things might hit home for them about how the elderly are living? Please read this out. I wish to remain uh, anonymous. But that's very, thank you for that. That's very typical of how many people are living. But that lady in Mill Street is typical of the vast bulk of people who live in rural and urban areas. And older people typically live in older houses. Mm. And they're not very well insulated. They might have got the grant, in fairness, of the great scheme by IRD Duhallow, the Warmer Home Scheme, like, and they've done a fabulous job in getting, you know, you know, attic insulation, other types of insulation rolled out there for people. But the vast bulk of people are typical of the lady who, you know, wrote that message there. You know, where they're carrying the bags of coal in one door, they're fueling the fire every day, and it's the only bit of heat that they have, because very often, notwithstanding the fact that they might get the fuel allowance, uh, you know, it, it costs a hell of a lot of money to, to you know, put oil into that, uh, into that boiler. So, I, I would caution the government against any move Again, you know, towards an outright ban on solid fuels. I think people would accept the banning of 
smoky fuel, so you can buy smokeless fuel instead. And I can see it. a couple of people are here. saying, isn't that, isn't that smoke-free coal, a smokeless coal, much more expensive? It's not. It's almost the same price as the smoky variety. When it first came out, it was more expensive. But that's 29 years ago since that ban was introduced in, in Dublin. It's now almost on par with your, with your smoky it. coal. And the, and the key thing here is to ensure that we distinguish between what is smoky fuel and smokeless fuel. And it all goes down to air quality at the moment. And air quality, you know, we're being told is is very poor. But I think we all know that ourselves, that air quality has suffered over the last, you know, 10 or 20 years. And I think what the government needs to do now is they have to be very careful about, you know, proposing anything that goes against that lady in Mill Street, for instance. Uh, And what that lady in Mill Street should be getting, to my mind, is a grant from the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, a government back grant that would allow that lady to insulate her house, put in proper, you know, new windows and so on and so forth, double glazing or treble glazing, uh, you know, dry line the walls, you know, and have, you know, the possibility of improving the heating value of her house and, and we'd all then be making the right move to take carbon out of, you know, the economy and out of society. But you can't say to that woman that you do not have the right anymore to burn yeah. wood or burn turf. Okay, I mean, it, 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 is there a sense that the government is just kicking this can down the street? It's just There's a little bit of that, yeah. Patricia, because okay. by, going, by going to a public consultation, I think what it means is that they're not going for, uh, you know, an outright ban straight away. But I don't think there would be anybody against a ban on smoky fuel. Uh, but I, I certainly would be not, I would not be in favour of the idea of a ban on solid fuels. I think that would be absolute madness. Okay. All right, listen, uh, Sean, we'll leave it there. Thank you for that. If we don't speak before Christmas, have a good one. Many happy returns, Patricia, to your family and uh, your listeners. No doubt. We'll talk again in the new year. Thank you for that. Bye-bye. That is Cork East Dáil Deputy uh, Sean uh, Sherlock. Now, there was some other TDs, particularly when it came to the turf cutting. I mean, turf cutters uh, nationwide have vowed uh, to run a campaign against a ban on these smoky fuels. An independent TD, Maris Fitz. Morris, Michael Fitzmaurice, sorry, is chairman of a group called the Turf Cutters and Contractors uh, Association. And he says that this proposal to ban all smoky fuels is absolutely ridiculous. And this is what he had to say yesterday. Are we going to have a situation that we're going to tell everybody you've got to bring oil from the Arabs to keep your ass warm in your house and you're having a bog a hundred yards from the house that you're coming down a bit of turf and burn it for the winter. People of rural Ireland need to listen to the, what has come out today. Um, they will have a choice in the, in the coming months. And I'll tell you one thing, there's no better sword than the bylaw to learn politicians where they need to go. That's independent uh, TD Michael Fitzmaurice and his view on the government trying to ban all smoky fuels. And Danny Healy Ray, he had his say as well. Yourself and all these fellas, if you run down here uh, for election to come up shortly and see what you're getting, because traditionally the people have burned turf, and this is the only thing. We don't have gold, uh, we don't have diamonds, we don't have uh, oil, or we don't have anything else in this country. And we have a bit of turf.
We don't have gold and we don't have diamonds, but we have a bit of turf. Danny Healy Ray, the man for a soundbite. 1850 333 103. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade. Open every weekend until Christmas. Join Martina O'Donoghue weekdays from four on C103. The best in music, the up-to-date traffic and all the latest entertainment news. Drive time on C103 with Kellers of McCroom. The place to order your new Ford car or commercial vehicle for 2020. See kellersofmacroom.ie. Cork County Councillor has hit out at planning regulations for Carrick Tool, which he says focuses too much on the provision of apartments and high-density Dwellings. Finnegale Councillor Anthony Barry joins me with his concerns. Good morning, to you, Anthony. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and Sorry, no, if the line isn't great, but I'm the open at the moment. No, so, you're uh, okay. It's it's good and clear right. at the moment. Okay, now, fine. you're critical of decisions made in Dublin, especially the approach of the Office of the Planning Regulator. What is this office suggesting is best for the Carrick Tool and Middleton regions? Well, I suppose initially. Um, when it came to housing densities and um, in the Carrie Tool, Middleton, Clontarn region. Because we're on a railway corridor, the feeling is that it should be a way higher density. Now, I would accept uh, fundamentally that the day of the sprawling tree bed semi-D estate is gone. And I think there's a change anyway in that we need different housing types because of our changing demand. Uh, you will be more single people looking for housing now. Uh, couples, elderly, elderly living. I definitely think we should have an awful lot more uh, elderly uh, sheltered living schemes should be put in all our communities. This is a huge demand from that so people can downsize. Um, but they don't obviously want to be going into rural, isolated nursing homes. They want to stay in the same communities that have been living all their lives. So I accept we need a higher density. What I don't accept, however, is this idea that we need to be building 50 plus per hectare, which is essentially all uh, apartments duplex and terrace living. And that is what has been foisted upon large tracts of the character of Middleton area, purely because of the railway line. Yeah, they're almost dwellings for commuters, aren't they? I mean, that's that's what you're building for. Precisely. And we have an example of this here in Carrick where um, we have an apartment block of 90 units that is lying idle since 2008. And here we are in the middle of the biggest housing crisis that this state has ever faced. And yet, nobody deems it viable to finish out that, that apartment block. And how close, are, how, close, how close are they to being finished? Let's put it like this, Patricia. When, in 2008, when that was being built, it was probably at a stage whereby you would, um, you could have moved in there within a few weeks, it would have been finished out, all the oh. copper, the wiring has been stripped out of it since, the windows have been broken. What it's a shame. Of antisocial behaviour. It's appalling. It's a monstrosity. But the bottom line here is, Patricia, and I've stressed this to the planning regulator and to the minister, that it is not viable, it is not economic. If it was, it would be built out and finished now. These people that, that own these properties, they're business people. If they could make money out of it, they yeah. would. Yeah, so the, that's what leads you to believe. If they can't make the money, why, why would somebody else decide to come in and build apartments? How much powers as elected representatives do you have when it comes to deciding the type of housing that's needed for the area? Well, you see, we can we can formulate our local area plan, and I've been listening earlier on, Newstock and Pakenny were on the same subject in Dublin. And the problem we have here is that when we formulate our local area plan, we also plan the density levels. Unfortunately, this can be overridden, uh, particularly through the, the new uh, strategic housing development process that was brought in 
recently to fast track housing development. So anything over 100 units went straight uh, to both Benalla and was bypassing the county council. So you've no, okay, no, council. no say? Well, we, we, you have a say in that the county council on these SHDs, uh, the county council were able to put in their views on it. Yeah. However, it could be overridden by both and all. Yeah. And yeah. after all, we are the people living in the ground. We are the people that are trying to build strong uh, communities. And this, I feel, is, is a, a strong arm tactic. As I say, I'm not against higher densities than what we've been building all along. But I am against this approach of high density, 50 plus per hectare, which simply are not in demand, cannot be sold. And developers, developers, if they can't sell them, if they can't get more, and if people can't get mortgages for them, it, they ain't going to be built. And the same thing has happened with this retail outlet centre, where again, uh, the planning regulator, the office of the planning regulator in Dublin has come along and is stating that uh, the retail strategy needs to be looked at for the south of Ireland, and they would be uh, largely opposed to this retail outlet centre going to carry tool. Okay, we'll leave it there. And it does the topic we will come back to again, uh, Anthony. In the meantime, and thank Patricia, you for that. Yeah. Sorry, just to say there, I, I was listening to your show earlier on and you're on about facial recognition cameras. I believe two million is the price for those. I made a phone yeah. call on that to check it out. Oh, that's, yeah. So it was a misprint in the paper then, was I it? When so. there was, yes, yeah, it, it, did, it did sound, I mean, two billion did sound absolutely yeah, crazy. Ridiculous. All right, listen, thank also, you for clarifying you, that. As a Fine Gael councillor, I have enough timber inside my shed for the next three years and I will be bombing it. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Good Christmas to you, Anthony. Bye Thanks now. for that. Good Thanks day. for joining us. Uh, bye bye. That is East Cork uh, Councillor Anthony Barry. We're heading towards news at 11 o'clock today. In the next hour, we'll catch up a lot of your commentary coming in on the banning, uh, the proposed banning of fossil fuels. Many people not happy with that at all. Uh, so we'll get we'll catch up with your calls and comments that have come in on that and we're also going to be hearing about how city centre shops are going to have calm free hours. This is to help people who've got a family member with a sensory issue so we'll have details uh, of that all coming up in the next uh, hour but we head to the newsroom and news at 11. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration, festive food and fun, the Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. Hello, this is Eric Griffin. Join me Monday to Friday between 7 and 8 for some great songs on C103 Anthems. Hello, this is Sean Keane. Hello, this is Cathy Durkin. Hi, this is Louise Morrissey. Hi, this is Mick Flavin. Hello, this is Declan Ernie here and you're listening to Eric Griffin on Country and Irish on C103. Don't miss Anthems at 7 and the very best of Country and Irish from 8. Right here on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We have the Sue's Asian Street Food Competition whereby every single day this week we have three €50 vouchers uh, to give away and the uh, Sue's Asian Street Food is based at 4 Spa Square in Mallow. They've updated their menu. They've got with their nutritionist uh, Lucy Highland to give you a healthy meal with natural fresh goodness to keep you at your best and of course they deliver right to your door. Now, don't contact us yet on this. I just want to play you the song because I think it's a bit tricky today. This is the song we've chopped up in the walk and mixed it all up. Okay, I think that's, it took me, I think the third listen before I realised what it was with the first two. I was going, oh, I can't work out at all what this is. Now, we're not going to open the text message service on this until the next hour. I'm just playing it just so that you can get the song into your head. Now, maybe for some, you're hearing it straight off and you know exactly what it is. All 
Okay, and I'll give you another listen to that again after 12 today and then uh, we'll be inviting you to text our WhatsApp and give you a chance to win one of those €50 voucher from Sue's Asian Street food in Mallow and our thanks to the guys and gals there for what is a terrific prize. Now, a lot of commentary coming in. Let me go to, and I'll get to the banning on the smoky smoky coals and this proposal by the government. Well, it's not a proposal. They're just considering making it illegal to burn all fossil fuels, which would be your turf and your peat and your wood and uh, your coal. But first, I mean, just pick up on the issue that we did about East Cork with Councillor Anthony Barry in the last hour. Marie in Middleton says, uh, Carrick Tool is now becoming a new suburb of the city. The amount of people living in Carrick Tool simply because it's close to the city and areas such as Little Island and the pharma companies based in and around Carrick Tool, it's now going to be a commuter area. So apartments will be what will be required in the future. Yeah, but they can't sell the apartments at the moment, Maria. That's the big issue that Councillor Anthony Barry has. You know, I think if they could sell apartments, he'd be saying build them away, but they're just not able to sell the ones that are there and that unfinished development that he spoke about. And Browning Glonthorn was getting on about that, was on about that unfinished development. He said it's a shame to see that apartment block lying idle in uh, Carrick Tool. It's in the middle of a housing estate. And he said it almost reminds him of something you'd see in abandoned town in a movie. He actually said that when he saw some of the movies and programmes that they've made about the Chernobyl disaster and, you know, they have the abandoned town close to where the Chernobyl nuclear power plant was. Brian says, when you look at this apartment block in Caricatool, that's what it actually would remind you of. And that's the apartment block that Anthony Barry spoke to us about, saying they they stopped work on that in 2008 because they couldn't sell the apartments. And it's just left there now as a, a great big eyesore, which is a real shame when you look at the housing crisis we have at the moment. Now, huge amount of calls and texts in about smoky fuels and smoky coals and what do we need to do and climate change and the government saying they've got to do their bit and a number of people are picking up on what we mentioned last week where the EU were saying it could be possible that they would force the hand of the government to stop paying out fuel allowance because the the EU will say it's wrong to be paying fuel allowance to subsidise fossil fuel and of course large proportion of the fuel allowance that pays out goes towards buying fossil fuel. It helps people to buy coal, it helps people to buy briquettes and turf and blocks uh, etc and the EU are saying shouldn't be doing any giving any kind of money that's a levy towards fossil fuels so people are picking up on that along with this the government considering banning the burning of turf coal peat and uh, wood uh, North Mary Northcock all these politicians would need to live in the real world they could go along and they can go along and press a button and they'll have their heating while a lot of us older people we get our bag of blocks and our coal to heat our homes they won't be able to change their heating system. Why? Because of the cost involved. The fireplace is the most important part of many homes. It can be the centre of many homes. We now have a situation that people living in rural areas can't drive because of changes in laws. And now this, do they realise at all what is happening on the ground? They seem to be out of touch with reality. Dermot in Mill Street says it makes no sense at all. How can we use our own resources in how can we not use our own resources in this country we are importing oil and gas but yet we have turf 
and now we're being told we're not allowed to use it. It makes no sense at all to our Dermot in Mill Street. Um, Hannah in Canturk says, why are we continuing to take away any bit of Irish left in Ireland? They're taking our religion, then they're taking rural traditions away with new laws and now they want to take our turf away. They've already stopped the cutting of turf in some areas of this country. Michael in Kildowry says, why is nobody coming after the aviation industry and the smoke that they are spreading across our skies every single day? Paddy says, they still use timber in many countries, so why are our government coming up with this idea when they are going to only... So what do they want us to do? Burn more oil and gas instead. This is simply not sustainable. The houses that you have these days are getting warmer by the press of a button, but we we still have to burn something in order to heat those homes. There are people around this country who cannot do without the burning of coal and turf and blocks. He, by the way... Paddy agreed with everything that Sean Sherlock had to say on the programme this morning. Hi, uh, Patricia. If every farmer in rural Ireland grew one acre of miscanthus, it would solve all of these problems. It's the equivalent to an oil field on their farm. They would have carbon-free fuel for the rest of their lives for something that they would only ever have to plant once every 30 to 40 years, says Michael. It is also very, it's a very saleable asset, and it's with its own non-carbon oil field, says Michael. It's something that needs to be considered. Ed said, morning, Patricia. Just to let you know, I do use smokeless coal and I actually find it more expensive than coal. Oh, that's interesting because I was trying to find out yesterday how much was the bag of coal versus how much was the bag of the smokeless coal. And I was led to believe in it's just something I read online. I didn't get too deep into it I was led to believe that the smokeless coal is now almost the same price as the smoky variety now you say more expensive if anybody listening with a coal run might be able to tell us how much more expensive is it because at one stage when they first introduced it certainly back nearly 30 years ago when it first came into Dublin there was a big discrepancy between the price of a smokeless coal and the bag of the normal coal. So I'd be interested if anybody can let us know just what is the difference uh, between the two. Uh, thank you for that. If we lose the fuel allowance, we won't be able to buy anything, says another listener who's picking up on that, what the EU were threatening us with uh, last week. Now, some of your texts in. Patricia, if this ban comes into force, I will have no heating. That means I will have no hot water as the only heating I have is from a range and a little stove. I burn timber and I burn turf. Never, by the way, use coal, says Graeme in Newcastle West, who will have a very, very cold house if the government managed to introduce a complete ban on the burning of fossil fuel. Hi, Patricia. God almighty. What next will the government be telling us what to do? It's now about what we can burn and not burn in our fires. Elderly people love their bit of turf. We were all reared on turf and timber and thank God we all managed to turn out okay. I'll burn what I like in my fire, says this texter. And I will get great pleasure in putting some under their rear ends and get them out to do something worthwhile. Disgraceful what they are doing. Thanking you, Patricia, says this uh, texter. Christine in Cork says, I would say ban smoky coal and let us keep our fuel allowance. Christine is worried by not banning 
smoky coal, we could all end up losing our fuel allowance. Isn't that what the EU is threatening? This would simply be unfair. Christine uses electricity, she says, which is 100% renewable to heat her home. She said it would be very unfair if we all ended up losing our fuel allowance. At the end of the day, people could use people that use coal could use wood and turf instead says Christine well they wouldn't be able to do that if they put a complete ban on all uh, fossil fuel but I know I absolutely I accept the point you're making that if there was to be an end to fuel allowance everybody would suffer uh, because of uh, it John says don't be surprised Patricia at, uh, at this government all they want to do is rob us every day so not surprised to hear that they would even consider this ban on fossil fuels Tom says all smoky fuels must be banned and air quality is of critical importance. 1,500 deaths per year. It's simply not good enough. And that is all down to air pollution. Coal must go and must go now, says uh, Tom. And the Mallow listener says, I think the stuff pouring out of aeroplanes every day is a lot worse than burning wood or turf in our fireplaces. And that comes in with best wishes from a Mallow listener. 1850 Say some of the very, very busy texts and calls today and the phone lines have been hopping so our apologies if you're having difficulties getting through uh, John Paul doing the very best that he can but we're just getting a lot of calls in today so I do remind you that you do have you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 and don't forget you can email Patricia at c103.ie C103 Jobs with Hewitt College now enrolling for Christmas Junior and Leaving Certificate Revision courses your success is built on their experience see Hewitt College Full-time permanent company accountant is required. It's for inbound luxury tour operator, home-based in the West Cork area. A steel erector slash welder and concrete workers are wanted. That's for positions to work in Cork City. While a dairy farm worker is wanted for the mid-Cork area. That's for general duties, including milking. And caregivers are required for ovens, Balancholic, Douglas and Cork City areas. Your own transport essential. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is... C103. Some of the biggest retail names in the centre of Cork City have united to provide a sensory friendly shopping hour that will make shopping so much more inclusive for many families. To explain more, I'm joined by Lauren Zones of the Cork Business Association who is supporting this initiative. Good morning to you, Lawrence. Good morning. And you're welcome. Now, it's going to happen on the first hour of shopping on Sundays. Can you explain what the shops and stores will be doing? Certainly, yes. It's the first hour of trade of that particular store, so the hours may vary depending on the store, but it will be the first hour of shopping on a Sunday, and we will see how we can build on from that. Essentially, what the stores are doing is, uh, as much as they can within the context of that particular store, but generally it will be dimming the lights to a safe level, uh, turning off the in-store music, making sure there's no shelf filling or additional noise that would go on, maybe mobile phones on silent with the staff, um, and issues like that, that the area is, is, is toned down, it's a little bit more quiet, it's a little bit calm, and, and that, from the historical and from what's been in done in, in previous locations, has been very beneficial. And, you know, even last Sunday, while there was a kind of a launch date, and, and we, I was going through some stores, uh, and obviously it's something that doesn't affect me, thankfully, but to walk through one or two of the stores, you could actually sense 
the, 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 the serenity and the calm as you went through that store. Yeah, the funny part about it is, um, you know, I mean, you straight away think of families with children on the autism spectrum, and they are the ones who've got the biggest uh, sensory issues. But a lot of other people will benefit from this as well, Lawrence. Oh, absolutely, I, and I think yes, it's not just one dimensional. It can be, you know, obviously families with with children with autism. It can be people with, you know, that could have dementia, that could have, um, you know, that could have, you know, maybe mental health issues. Could be, you know, someone that's elderly and just is. is, is traumatised by the level of noise and bustle in a particular store and it gives them that quite period where they can go in, do their business in a, in a degree of calmness and, and they benefit. And look, this gen- generated from a meeting we had here in October with a number of the retailers in the city, uh, a lot of the members of the CBA, and we were looking at one or two initiatives and, and Ray O'Connor was telling us what, what, what he was doing in Mark for some time. And straight away, you know, when you hear a good idea, say, listen, we shouldn't we all be doing that? Isn't this the right thing to do? And, and certainly when we, we, we discussed this with, with the, uh, the retailers, large and small, already we have a strong cohort on, 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 I suppose on base at the moment, and we intend to grow that. And, you know, what the, the objective from the business perspective, we're working hard to make Cork City a family-friendly location where people can come in and enjoy and the experience. And this expands that out into being more inclusive. Uh, and, you know, so far it's been very positive reaction has been very positive but ultimately it's the people that benefit are the winners in this and, and that's what we're trying to do. And this, Lawrence, will make such a huge difference to so many families. I mean, many of those families can feel very isolated and it, I mean, for normal, nor, if you if, pardon when I say the word normal families, but families that don't have somebody affected by sensory issues can just decide, oh, we're going to go shopping on Saturday, we're going to get everything that we need, you know, if it's for a wedding or a special occasion or shopping for Christmas, for example. But families that have got a, a child or an adult with sensory issues, that an absolute nightmare to even consider planning a day out like that. Absolutely. Uh, and I think the, the fundamental thing from my own perspective is just to be aware. And whilst we, we might be understand that people have issues, we just get on with our own thing. But it's, it's a creating that awareness amongst you know, the general public, but also amongst businesses that, as you quite rightly said, that's a usually traumatic experience. And there have been examples that we've listened to, you know, in terms of families with, with kids that came into Marks that, you know, couldn't get the kids into a store, they wouldn't come into town and all of a sudden they had this environment where the child came in and felt, God, this is relaxing, this is not going to create a problem and an enjoyable experience. So Fantastic. what was, what was a, a threat or a fear now became something that's positive and, and good for the family and everyone wins, not alone the child or, or the individual with the issue but also the family benefit. So it's a win-win for everybody and believe it or not, the businesses benefit as well because the, the feedback from staff, they felt so positive that they were doing something constructive and positive. Uh, and it's such, it's such a good thing to do about making the city more inclusive. So we're hoping to expand this. Well uh, it's not just a one-day wonder in terms of launching on the edge. This is something we're going to roll out regularly. Obviously, you can't do it all day, all week. That's not practical. But we will certainly see how we can expand that. And generally, the response from people and from customers going to the store and say, look, we're delighted you're doing this. I think everybody wins. And it's look, isn't it nice to be nice? And I think people are trying out for people to be a little bit nicer to each other. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Will you offer training to the staff or do the, would the staff require training for this? Yes, there will be a degree of training. Okay. Uh, and it's fairly basic. It's fairly simple. And we have uh, Patricia uh, O'Leary who provides that training and we will liaise with the store. And the training is free. Uh, she will go into the particular store. She will train up the staff in advance give them the heads of what's, you know, just to be that little bit more aware. So and that will all be provided. 
there's bullet points in terms of best practice, but individual stores may need um, particular, uh, you know, depending on the size number in terms of staff, that training is there and it's provided free of charge. So the staff will be given, you know, the, the, the ABC of what, what, what to do because it's just where if someone comes in with a large dog that, you know, that, that, that dog is vital to that person. Yeah. But not to have security at the doors and all you don't allow yeah, them in. Yeah, it's yeah. just having that little common sense. Or maybe the cleaning staff wasn't brought into the loop and they weren't aware of it. So you have to cover that that um grouping that everybody's aware and simple things like good signage that you're telling people, the customers when they're coming in because some people will come into the shop and say, "Well, oh God, they're turning on the lights and must be trying to save money or turning off the escalator. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I take the negative, but it's not. But if you don't explain to people, they yeah. won't know. Well, a lovely text in from Lorraine and Douglas uh, saying, uh, congratulate, congratulate the CBA on this. What a great initiative. My mother, as she's getting older, is hard of hearing. Going shopping can be a nightmare because of the noise in shops. I think this is a fabulous idea. And I've just said it to her and we're going to go shopping for that first hour on Sunday morning. So there's spin-offs for other people as well. Oh, absolutely. And, and this is, you know, the unintended consequences are very positive, which we probably even didn't envisage day one. So I think it's, you know, it gives an opportunity for people that mightn't have that voice, that mightn't be wanting to well, say, look, I have a concern on that for a variety of reasons. Uh, and I think, you know, I know it may be simplistic to say it, but I think everybody wins from this. The businesses actually get more business if people come in and do shopping that couldn't do it in, in, in other circumstances. But generally, we're providing facilities that people can come in in a calm, you know, conscious environment that they can do their business and they can head off home and it's not a challenge, it's not a trial. Um, now, some stores might not do as much as other stores, it depends on their circumstances, but I think everybody will try and do something yeah. and and the objective, as I said, is look, how far can we roll this out? Because it might not just be stores, it could be solicitors' offices, it could be, you know, a variety of other businesses that they engage with the public and maybe we have to look at them and how they have that kind of atmosphere within their business and how we can improve that as well. I think it's going to be a win-win all around so um, uh, well done and, and run up to Christmas is this is the city busy um, Lawrence? Yeah well not today no because it's one of those classic days when nobody wants to probably yeah. get out of the car but it's a miserable day but look um, generally this is a really important time for business I mean, some business could do what the 30% of their trade in the month of December. So if that works, it can be a good year. If it doesn't work, it can be a bad year. So, so far, so good. Um, it's been going reasonably well, I must say. Um, we're not hitting the peak period yet, but uh, all we want now is cold, dry weather. People come in, enjoy the experience. We have the Glow Festival in the city. We have, you know, a great experience in terms of retail opportunities that people can enjoy. And, you know, with 8,000 parking spaces. So come into the city, enjoy the great range of shops, restaurants, hospitality, you know, even go to the Crawford Art Gallery, which is open now on Sundays. So there's a whole cultural aspect that you can enjoy as well. It's not just about retail. It's about enjoying the experience of being in the city, seeing the lights, having that bit of a a crack in the atmosphere, and maybe having a, a coffee or whatever. So it's coming to town. It's really a place to be. Yeah, it was. I was up at Glow on on Friday, and there's just a wonderful festive festive atmosphere up there. And it was just that ideal weather where it was crispy. Just needed to wrap up warm, but it was. It, but it, it was lovely. But more so than ever, Lawrence, the need to shop local this year because with so many people going online and buying online, we need to make sure that we're supporting the businesses that are going to be there all year round for us. Well, I couldn't say it any better, absolutely. Look, we, we whether it is Cork or whether it is Middleton, whether it is wherever, support local. Yeah. Uh, because you have local businesses 
they will provide a fantastic service. We have a great range on offer. But if we don't keep them alive and they're gone, they'll never be back. And I think we're still unique in Ireland that we have city centre streets with local names, local faces, local business. And of course, we have the broader range of international brands and you have to have that mix in terms of shopping. But if we lose the local indigenous businesses by not supporting them, um, unfortunately, we won't get them back. So I want Cork and uh, and Irish cities, but obviously I'm biased about Cork City, (laughs) to retain what it has uh, and keep that kind of duality of offer in terms of the local international and and the friendly family friendly place that we're trying to you know encourage within the city uh, and people to come in and do their business within within Cork and I just think it's the greatest place to be it's a walkable city Uh, you can get around the city in 10 minutes uh, and that's another great attraction to it and the nicest friendliest people in the world for sure I know we have a piece running on our news to do with the Patrick Street the ban on the the daily private car is what's your organisation's view on that is it working and you know we, we're seeing and anecdotally hearing that a lot of people are just ignoring it well the enforcement is up to the the, the powers that be our view in, is first of all it's uh, a bus corridor it's the start of a bus corridor I think you can talk negative or positive so what we had to deal with in terms of an organisation is that there's going to be an extra five to ten thousand people walking in the city in the next three to five years they've got to come in they've got to access Cork City uh, they all can't do it by car. We cannot continue totally to rely on the car to come into our city, from even from a carbon footprint or, or, or an environmental perspective, but also physical. Cork just cannot accommodate that volume of increase in traffic because at the moment we're beyond the breaking point of where we were back in 2008 or nine. Uh, you know, 110, 120, 120,000 vehicles a day coming through the city. There is a point where you just cannot accommodate that. So we have to provide. Alternatives, and one of those is trying to develop a bus connect. You know, I think we'd say from east to the western through the city, and and you got to provide a bus corridor. Now, also, I would be the first to say yes. There must be an equal ramp up of public transport improvement, and Cork is so way behind uh, the likes of Dublin uh, as Ireland's second city. We have a massive improvement that needs to be put into place, mm-hmm. an investment in improving public transport. But we've got to start somewhere. Um, and, and introducing bus corridors is, is, is the way to go. Process. Um, and it, it's not it's not painless, and there will be changes, and it will need to you know be uh, I suppose improved as how we how we introduce that. But it's equally important that the government uh, are investing in the infrastructure, not just building roads, but providing improvements in terms of our public transport, um, because we're still light years behind Dublin even in terms of percentage people using public transport Cork, whilst it's growing significantly, it needs to grow because um, we've got to have alternatives to bring people into our city. And I know the Cork City City Hall Director, uh, Jerry O'Byrne, uh, was saying the pedestrian numbers have been monitored and in the, in the region of 300,000 people on average have visited the street every month since August and that's a 2% rise on the same period last year so the footfall is up so that certainly is good news. Listen, we leave it there, uh, Lawrence. Once again, congratulations to everybody involved in this quiet hour uh, initiative. It really is terrific and thank you for joining us on the programme today. You're welcome. Thanks good, good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is uh, Lawrence uh, Owens who is with the Cork Business Association. Now, sports broadcaster Trevor Welch, who presents the score on our sister station, Cork's 96FM, is organising a book sale of new and old unwanted sports books. And it's to raise funds for the wonderful Cork Penny Dinners. To find out more, Trevor Welch takes time out to join us uh, today. Uh, good morning to you, Trevor. Good morning, Trish. Uh, you're welcome. Now, the, the, the sale is happening on Friday 
this December 20th and we'll talk about that in, in a moment. But just take me back, how did you come up with the idea for this? Yeah, I was just cleaning out the, the house really ahead of Christmas and, um, you know, I was conscious that I had boxes of sports books uh, built up over, over years really um, and uh, I was thinking... Uh, what would I do with them, you know, that uh, I've, I've read most of them and I was thinking I could put it to good use instead of just throwing them out. Um, and I thought Cork Penny Dinners because I had uh, walked just uh, recently um, with Katrina uh, in a questions and answers with uh, some sports stars that I, you know, bring over from England. And uh, we did a, a quiz as well for the late Pat McAuliffe of RT and we, we raised money from the raffle for Penny Dinners there as well. I was only a number of weeks ago. So it just uh, struck me that, uh, you know, I could put the books to, to good use there uh, and raise money for Cork Penny Dinners. I have over 100 books in a box that I sent in during the week. And uh, I must say, Trish, we're getting a fantastic response uh, from the people of Cork. Uh, they're dropping the books into Penny Dinners, who are in four little Hanover Street in the city, and to Cork's 96 FM Broadcasting House. And I'm hoping, JP and myself are talking, Sunday, that people from your area might able to drop them in drop, to Yeah, if you want to drop them in here to, to the studios here in Mallow, we'd be only too delighted to collect them and, and we'll get them up to you at, at Cork Penny Dinners. And But it's only sports books. You're, you're quite particular on that. Yeah, I just I suppose just for um, the first time out, um, we'll give it a, a trial, I suppose, as such. And the fact that I just uh, it got legs since Trish um, yeah. because um, we, we're, we appeal to Cox Sports personalities to come in on the day and join in the fun and there'll be Christmas songs the street fleet will be there and we hope to make it a great occasion and a great atmosphere I'd like to Teddy McCarthy uh, lined up you know the obviously history maker winning the only man to win a double Billy Morgan the, the, the legend Cork uh, goalkeeper is coming in Rob Heffernan will be in with his uh, Olympic medal and his World Championship medal uh, to take photographs and stuff and bring in his own book all the people I mentioned have written the book as well and they'll sign it and we're hoping that people might dig a small bit deeper to get the photograph and autograph <laughs> of the yeah. book because, because you're, you're only going to charge a, a five or a book that's right but I mean a signed one is worth more yeah we hope that yeah. people will, will, will get into the spirit of it and get a photograph maybe the kids of Rob or Billy Morgan or Teddy Mack we have Neil Hogan we have Tomas O'Shea the Kerry legend as well coming up with his trilogy of books the O'Shea uh, brothers all wrote books in the late party O'Shea and Tomas said he'll get his son to sign that one and he'll bring up his trilogy of books and uh, you know we, we hope to reach out to maybe Rona Gar and Peter Stringer Walls of Books um, I'm trying to make contact at the moment and if they're around on the 20th it'll be fa- fantastic to get them in as well and uh, you know the, the key thing I think Trish is that you know if we have something like seven, eight hundred, nine hundred books the key is that they're no good in there and as people come in and buy them so yeah. we're feeling the people come in on the day spend a fiver at least on a book and it could be a good Christmas present, present and as well Absolutely and it's in it's in Cork Penny Dinners itself you want to be selling the books yeah, that's what we're doing. It just to, I suppose, because Katrina wanted to, uh, you know, just um, appeal and raise the awareness of what Cock Penny Dinners are doing. Yeah. And for people who never visited Penny Dinners, a good chance to come in and see what they're doing there and see where they are. And, uh, you know, we'll just tighten the awareness of Penny Dinners outside of making uh, money, you know, raising funds for uh, Penny Dinners. So that's terrific. The, yeah, that's ter- uh, terrific. And there are there are people, let's be honest, who could do with the help of Cork Penny Dinners and just don't have can't build up the courage to go in here's an opportunity for people to see it firsthand, it, yeah. just in case that they may need that bit of a leg up and a bit of a help out from corporate engineers and for the rest of us just to see the fantastic work that goes on there Yeah I mean they've, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen them yet Trish but it's worth a visit, they've um, built apartments just around the corner 
from where Cork Penny Dinners are located, just down that little street there. If anyone is just looking for a landmark where Little Hanover Street is, is you know, Costigan's Pub in the Western Road is right across the road near Kino Cinema. But, um, you know, they, they built apartments I was shown around there last week and they're, you know, fantastic. I mean, it's the work that Katrina is doing. Uh, well, this is a big. This is a big first step. This move yeah. of of taking people who Katrina and the others will have worked with for many many years, people on the streets. This is really going to make a difference to their lives. Yeah, it is, and I, I've seen a few people in around there and smiles in their faces, and people that are, are go to penny dinners uh, regularly showed me around, and uh, you know, with great pride and satisfaction, and uh, it just gives everyone a lift. Uh, it's, it's really great to see Trish you know that's fantastic somebody wants to know uh, will Trevor take motorsport books yeah any <laughs> sports book at all <laughs> it's a sport motorsport is a sport so any yeah. sport at all any sport at all and there's some fabulous books there Trish I was in the other night uh, with Katrina in there looking at the books coming in they're coming in in their stacks and there's fabulous autobiographies there's Muhammad Ali you know there's huh? Jimmy Grease there's great Boxing books, soccer books, GA books, loads of GA books, and we're going to get as many signed as we can for people as well uh, on the day, you know. Now, can I ask you, please, you're selling the books. Do not buy a load of books and fill up your house again with books. Yeah. Because I know that's exactly, I can already see, oh, I haven't read that one, I need that one. So this is, you're clearing the clutter in your house, you're getting rid of all of the books. Do not come home with the same amount of books again, all right? (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's, that's, uh, I all might right. pick up one, all right. Uh, and what time, what, what time is it on on the day? Yeah, so we're there at 10 in the morning on Friday, December 20th, Friday week, 10 in the morning to 6 in the evening. So okay. we'll be there for like a good, uh, what, 10 hours. And and you, you want at the end of the 10 hours to not have a book left behind? Not a book left behind. Mostly, all you know. I, I beg your pardon, it's eight hours. Sorry, eight my, my maths math failed me this morning. It's terrific. It's terrific. We wish you luck uh, with it, uh, Trevor. It's, it's a brilliant initiative and it's a great opportunity for people to benefit Cork Penny Dinners, but it's a great opportunity for people to pick up really good books, like Christ, nice Christmas presents, but to get good books for themselves as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, I, um, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not joking when I say they're really terrific books in there. I've, I've seen them. Some of the books now would, would appeal to myself and I would probably buy a few of them on the day as well. But, <laughs> so you know, I knew you I, would. <laughs> but, you know, just sports books this year and if it's a success, hopefully, Trish, fingers crossed, will really go well for us. We might open up then to the big book sale next year. Please yeah, God. who knows? Who knows? We'll keep our fingers crossed on that. Trevor, good luck with it and enjoy the day as well because I think it's about uh, having a fun day out as well. And uh, thanks thanks for joining us. Thanks, uh, good morning to you. That is uh, Trevor Welch who presents The Score on our sister station, Cork's 96FM. And if you have any sports books, if you get them into us here at the studios here in Mallow or if you get them into 96FM or if you can drop them straight in to... Katrina Cork Penny Dinners on Little Hanover Street that would be fantastic as well but keep that date free Friday December the 20th if you'd like to go along and support the big book sale on behalf of Trevor by buying some of those what are fantastic sports books he's got really some gems uh, in there they'll make wonderful wonderful Christmas presents as well the best of luck to uh, Trevor and anything we can do to support the fantastic work of Cork Penny Dinners only too happy to help out thank you to some people who are sending in some lovely Christmas cards to the programme that we really appreciate. Uh, Gresham, Sean, 
Cochlan, Grona Broher Avenue in Cork. Thank you for your lovely card that arrived safe and sound today. Uh, Greta and Sean and uh, Margaret in Castletown there. Your beautiful card arrived as well. Thank you for that. We really do appreciate it. Margaret was listening to my chat with uh, Trevor Welch talking about his big book sale for Cork Penny Dinners. And she's wondering, are Cork Penny Dinners taking blankets or toys uh, for Christmas I'm sure they are. They're certainly taking new toys if you've got any new toys and presents. Don't know about blankets, but we are hoping to speak with Katrina Toomey at some stage this week on the programme because there was a piece in the paper today that I just could not believe when I saw it where Katrina's had to go public and say to people, look, when you're donating to Cork Penny Dinners and when you're putting items into the bag... And this is, she's talking on behalf of herself, but she also said she's talking on behalf of all the charity shops. Will you just be careful what you're putting into the bag and be, and be aware that when you're passing on unwanted items, the people who are homeless are people who are struggling to get by, have feelings too. And she was just talking about some of the bags that they open up and people putting in dirty items, people putting like underwear un, not washed underwear and I think this one story where a blanket that quite obviously dogs had slept in so somebody was cleaning out the dog kennel oh that's a fine blanket we'll give that to Penny Dinners no you won't give that to Penny Dinners dispose of it yourself and of course the other problem for Katrina and her volunteers they, first they have to go through all the bags and in the main, I'm assuming people are good and generous and kind and they give good items. But when they have to go through all the bags where there's dirty items or rubbishy items or rags and, th- you know, jumpers that's got holes in it that have no use to anybody anymore, they then have to dispose of it. And there's a cost to Cork Penny Dinners or indeed any other charity. There's a cost when they have to go through the bags, sort out the rubbish from the good items that they can you know, if they're selling it on, if it's in a charity shop or if they're giving it out like they do at Cork Penny Dinners. So we will talk with Katrina later on in the week about that. But could everybody just be a little bit mindful about that? And also, I know Katrina is making a point that it's Christmas and she's very aware of the families and the individuals that she's helping, that they have feelings too. And it is Christmas for them as well. And she's making the point could you give something new? Isn't it nice? We all want something new for Christmas. And I know she always puts out a big appeal and a big call if people would like to buy vouchers for the cinema or if you'd like to buy vouchers for Cork on Ice or to go to the pantomime. You know, just to get people out of their monotony and out of their sense of homelessness and sense of hopelessness that they're living in and to distract them, get them away from it all. It's a fabulous, fabulous idea. So she certainly will welcome that. We'll find out more from Katrina later on in the week. And uh, Massey says, hi, Patricia. Great to hear that that initiative from the Cork Business Association and what they are doing for people with sensory issues and people with disability. Isn't it showing great compassion for people? Fair play and well done to them, says Massey in West Cork. Thank you, Massey, for your WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. And I can still see loads and loads and loads of calls and texts coming in about the burning of fossil fuels and the thought that the government could even contemplate making it illegal to burn turf or peat or wood or coal or other items in this country. So we'll get to those after news at 11. Now we need to take a break. Uh, we will have news and then in also in the next...
next hour of course we're going to talk to Joe Heffernan and he's talking about Christmas stresses and actually I saw some reaction as well to that lady that I mentioned who is cooking every single year for her extended family and she just thinks enough is enough. How does she get out of it? We'll talk about that and more. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Tony and Mooring Chambers have contacted the programme to say, would you please say a great big thank you to Maureen Lee and Cathy Thornhill and all of their team of helpers for the wonderful meal and dancing at the annual Kildallery Old Folks Christmas Party, which was held last Sunday. And it sounded like each and every one had a great time. So big, big thank you to Maureen Lee and Cathy Thornhill and the rest of the team of helpers. Well done. All please take a bow. OK, some of let me wrap up some of the calls and texts that have come in on the government considering making it illegal to burn fossil fuels. John in Cove is suggesting we have a great bunch of dictators running our country trying to ban the burning of turf and coal. What are they playing at? Says John in Cove. While some of your texts coming in, Valerie in Cove, says, Patricia, what are we supposed to use if we can't use blocks or coal? What's the alternative? Have the government thought about that? I don't think their brains and mouths are in the same gear. Their mouth seems to be in fourth gear while the brain is in second gear. That's from Valerie in uh, Cove. Michael says, oh, this is interesting for Michael. Says, I remember old people who used to smoke turf in their pipes when they couldn't afford to buy tobacco or if it wasn't available to buy it never killed anyone oh god Michael I don't know how safe it would be to put turf into a pipe and smoke there's supposed to be no nicotine in it there wouldn't be all the carcinogens that are in tobacco but anyway Michael says that he clearly remembers that happening many many years ago Neil in Lambert's temperature in relation to burning fossil fuels will the government allow normal people to use their fuel allowance for the increased ESB bills because that's what's going to happen if people are not allowed to use their open fire. And on the smokeless coal versus the normal coal, and I was saying, what's the difference in price? Because I had read a piece that led me to believe that smokeless coal is now almost the same price as the smoky variety. Somebody said, I get the smokeless coal and it's €23 Euro a bag. OK, that's a help to me only if somebody will tell me how much is a smoky variety, normal coal. Is it in and around the €23 Euro mark? Is it... It's certainly I don't think it's going to be dearer but is it cheaper than that so if somebody has bought coal recently if they can fill us in on that price we'll know we can do a direct price comparison thank you for that uh, Hi this is some of your texts coming in Tim how will the government consult people? Because the government has said that one of the things they're going to do is a consultation. Ask the people how they feel about having an outright ban on all uh, smoky fuels. So Tim is pondering that. How will the government do that consultation? And he says, I don't know anyone who is in the Citizens uh, Assembly. And Tim, can I put my hand up and say, I don't either. And I would love to be a part of the Citizens Assembly. And I don't even know how people got selected. And I know it was all randomly selected and it's run by age group and demographics and where you live etc but I would love to have been a part of it but the Citizens Assembly is only made up of 99 people so I suppose the chances of any of us knowing somebody on the Citizens Assembly is quite slim but I know the point you're making because they are referred to a lot when they want to consult with the people they'll go to the Citizens Assembly anyway Tim says the census is good but that can only help to quantify an issue and then a referendum well that can only ask you if you're for or against it's not really a consultation process Um, Tim says the Polish saying that they are going 
going to sue uh, us for making our own choice. They cannot do that, says. Well, they seemingly they can. And it's not just the Polish, it's also coal companies in Northern Ireland and a coal company in Holland are threatening to sue and have been, the government have been under this threat of legal action uh, for years. And the idea would be that they would claim it's unjust to just ban smoky coal and not ban other products like turf and wood etc. That's where that legal challenge so they can if they want to do that. Anyway, Tim says I am for smokeless coal, peat and wood. And people by the way he says who ignore aviation flu are believing in leprechaun says uh, Tim. Kevin in West Limbrick says Hi Patricia are wood pellets going to be banned as well? Well we don't know yet. There was a big drive for farmers to plant the wood that was needed for wood pellets in Limerick a number of years ago but it died a sudden death. The company that was set up to handle the product they went out of business it was supposedly too hard to transport the pellets so Michael who texted you earlier suggesting that people set acres of land and grow miscanthus and that was what Michael had suggested he'd want to do a bit more research says uh, Kevin in West Limerick. Hi Patricia, something's not right here. I don't know if timber isn't considered a fossil fuel. It is, is it not considered renewable as you can plant trees to replace what you burn, says David from left. Yeah, I would think it would be class renewable, but it's, it's to do with the carbon, isn't it? The carbon that's emitted when the timber is burnt and therein lies a problem that not all timber emit carbon some do and some don't so there's a problem there as well with that there would have to be a lot of research done to find out if that's going to work or not and here's a good point on somebody who obviously is already burning smokeless coal says I'm using smokeless coal if you haven't kindling to help to light it you can forget about lighting the smokeless coal even with a full box of fire lighters It's very hard to do. So says a loyal listener. So regardless, if they were pushing people to just use smokeless coal, they couldn't get rid of of timber. You need the kindling. See, who knew? You need kindling to light smokeless coal. And thank you to a couple of people who have told me that it's €21 for a normal bag of coal against 23 for the smokeless. So it's pretty much the same. There isn't that much of a difference. Hi, Patricia. I get stove coal. Is that different? 10 kgs. For €10.50, I get it in a garage in Turner's Cross. Great heat and great to hold the heat for hours, says Margaret in Passage West, who says, have a lovely day. God bless. Love your show. Thank you. Thank you for that. Now, I don't know if that's different. Stove coal, is that different to the coal that you, I'm I'm assuming that's different to the coal that you would actually put into your open fireplace. Okay, let me park all of those comments there for a moment, please, because I want to start our competition. Today, we have another three 50 euro voucher from Sue's Asian Street Food in Mallow. Where's the song you need to identify? Here it is. Uh, it's a well-known song that got chopped up, mixed up in a, wa- a walk, and then we play it again for you to try to work out what is the correct song. Now, 
Now, if you have the answer, I need you to text the answer or WhatsApp the answer along with your name and address, please, to 0862103103. It is 20 past 12 now, so we'll allow until half past 12. We'll give, give you 10 minutes to text in the correct answer, your name and address, please. And then we will select three winners. One, and Each winner will win a 50 euro voucher to spend at Sue's a Asian Street Food for Spa Square in Mallow with a reminder that they've updated their menu with nutritionist Lucy Highland and it gives you a healthy menu with natural fresh goodness to keep you at your best and they deliver right to your door. So if you want to win one of those vouchers and they've very kindly given us three vouchers to give away every day this week. So three winners, each winning €50. So get working. Do you want me to play the song again? Okay. Took me a few listens now, I have to say. Yesterday's one I got straight away, but it took me a few listens on, on that one. That's a kind of a, a clever mashup of the song. If you have it, get texting, please, on that. Our WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Let's start with Newmarket Girls National School. They're presenting the Duhallow Choral Society and the choir from the Newmarket Girls School in concert tonight. It's at half past seven and it's in St Mary's Church in Newmarket with tickets priced at 10 euro. As I am, the National Autism Charity, they've launched All Is Calm. That's a campaign to raise awareness of the difficulties that autistic people face at Christmas. Businesses and individuals are encouraged to host autism-friendly coffee mornings this Christmas to raise funds for As I Am, while also encouraging people to take a moment of calm amidst the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. You can find out more at asiam.ie forward slash all is calm. And a coffee morning in aid of St. Michael's Centre Meals on Wheels. That will be held in Bandon Further Education and Training Centre tomorrow, Wednesday from half past 10 until 12 noon. The Patrician Academy are presenting Back to the 80s. That's in St. Patrick's Boys National School tomorrow, Wednesday and again on Thursday, half past seven nightly with tickets available directly from the school. Skibbereen Library are having a lovely social morning of music at the Gramophone Recycle. That's happening this Thursday, 12th of December with a half 12 start. And then a fun and novel table quiz will be held in Moscarbury this Friday, Friday the 13th of December. Santa Goes GAA Pub Quiz Tour. Quiz rounds will be held in the three local pubs in the village. You register at Nolan Bar at half past seven. Tables at four, four Euro. It'll be a fancy dress, by the way, with a prize for the best dressed team, plus lots of spot prizes. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after 1 pm on C103 with your local mace. Going the extra smile this Christmas and wishing you a stocking full of happiness. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. Hi, Simon here. As you know, Cork has a host of local and world-class brands and it's a great place for shopping. This Christmas, we're asking you once again to make every effort to shop locally. We'd be delighted if you could do your Christmas shopping right here in Cork. Because a thriving local economy is good for everyone. Shop locally and you'll save time, you'll save money and you'll save local jobs. 
Support your own this festive season and have a very happy Christmas from all of us at C103. And thank you to a number of people who are pointing out that they are paying more for the bag of coal than some people are saying, or less people are getting a bag of coal for 18.50. And somebody said that 10 euro bag that the person is talking about, that's a smaller bag, that the bigger bag is anything between what some are saying 18 euro and 50 cent uh, other people are paying 21 so it seems to vary and the smokeless coal is at 23 so it's it's uh, it, the difference between 18.50 and 23 so there's a bit of a difference there when it's only 2 euro of a difference people will kind of say actually there's, there's little or nothing in it but 18.50 up to 23 euro would make it 4.50 of a difference and over a year that would be a lot more money OK 18.50 3.33103 some of your texts Hi Patricia what was the name of the finance book you were talking about yesterday on the programme it's from Pat in Kentark I was speaking with John Lowe the money doctor about his latest book he brings it out every year he updates it every year so it is called the Money Doctors and it's the 2020 edition of it it's a big yellow book you'll see it if you go into any book book store the greatest investment you'll ever make in your finances I promise you that you will get your money back tenfold by reading the book it's it's an incredible read it really is I read the first one 15 years ago and all of the advice still stands it's just he updates all the information in it and if you get into the habit of doing what he suggests which is kind of a bit of financial planning each year he can I mean he talks about getting people debt free and you know and it isn't this isn't rocket science and it isn't there isn't any magic formula you have to put the work in yourself but if you do it's terrific it's just helping all of us to become our own accountants really and balance our own books. So it's Money Doctors 2020, Pat, is the name of the book that you are looking for. And just some final text in that I just want to wrap up on. Hi Patricia, I heard you write him yesterday. This was to do with the loud music at dances and at weddings. It reminded me of a wedding that I was at. This was about 25 years ago. The music was so loud, the floor was actually vibrating. By the way, there was no one in the room not to mind dancing. So when people are talking about the music is getting louder in recent years this listener is saying it's 25 years ago that wedding that she was at music so loud people left the room isn't that incredible and then we're going to be taking a break in a minute and Joe Heffernan is going to join us and we're going to be talking about Christmas stresses and I mentioned that I had heard of a woman who is just talking about the stresses of Christmas she kind of fell into the routine of being the house that everyone came to for Christmas she kind of took it over when her mother got elderly brought the parents over and said to the siblings or should all come on over and sort of 10-15 years later she's still cooking the dinner every Christmas day for all of the family and now there's extended families because there's nieces and nephews and everybody's coming along and she's just getting a little bit sick of it so last year she decided she'd break with the tradition and they went away she thought that was the best way of doing it we'll go away let somebody else cook the dinner instead so herself and her husband and her kiddies all went away so she's back this year and lo and behold she said as soon as September came all the family started talking about all, all, all round to yours for, for Christmas Day really looking forward to it wasn't the same last year without you can't wait and she just said she's really just sick to the teeth of it and doesn't know what to do now I was making the point is it too late to cancel it for this year but somebody reckons it's not because I got a text in um, saying for God's sake Patricia tell that woman to tell her relatives today to tell the truth 
that she doesn't want them all round for dinner. Now, it simply is too much for her to cook dinner for all of them. And by the way, it's not too late. I only ordered my turkey and ham this morning. What a selfish crowd of relatives she has to expect her to do that much every single year. Wishing you a very happy Christmas. Thank you for that. Good piece of advice. And then another listener says, Hi Patricia, the woman cooking for all her family at Christmas. This very same thing was happening to my wife and it just got too much after a while and she didn't know how to say no. And that's, therein lies the problem. So, says this number one husband, I stepped up and when the dinner was finished a couple of years ago, I arrived into the kitchen with a cup and I had the names of all the family members inside in the cup. And then I said to one of my children, pick a name out there and we're going to see who's cooking Christmas dinner next year. By the way, we're enjoying our own Christmas dinner ever since. Happy Christmas, one and all. Yeah, you have to speak up. You absolutely have to speak up. Okay, we'll be talking about that and more with... Joe Heffernan when we are dealing with Christmas stresses with Joe acknowledging that Christmas can be stressful for a whole host of different reasons. Cork Today on C103 with Cork City Council and Glow a Cork Christmas celebration get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade open every weekend until Christmas. Egg is Farlin C103 Air Kirkig Ha aglishne padrags pol er hroj boil el lorna kaharach. Ha kaler naglish atogos sevien ocht giat sechaskeshe. Marjaler gach ata erndevishtig on dara gatach agazun glina gatte untach. Binsha golni amask na multi dos na rodias far ledi an avagurkig er trip advisor. Agas isminik ganinter kershiser mar oat huenyach. On hiadur elgmetu lorna kaharach terchovada lesopel nev padr agas pol. Nukta quid denaniha is fari gurkig C103. This is the court today replay on C103. And you can stop texting us on our competition. It was the Backstreet Boys and show me the meaning of being lonely. And it was difficult. I can see a lot of people got it right, but a lot of people got it wrong as well, including somebody who thought it was Despacito. I thought it was Despacito as well when I heard it at first. But we have our winners who are each winning a 50 euro voucher from Sue's Asian Street Food in Mallow, based at four Spa Square in Mallow. And of course, they deliver right to your door. Emer Hedigan in Churchtown. Marco Sullivan in Grenada and Mary Murphy in Mitchellstown. Congratulations, folks. 50 euro voucher on its way to you. I'm going to do. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. 
wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. All over again tomorrow and every day this week. Thanks to our good friends at Sue's Asian Street Food in Mallow. Joe Heffernan joins us. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And we are going to discuss Christmas stress because Christmas can be, it is fair to say, one of the most stressful times of the year for a lot of people. Yeah, and I mean, the expectations are always pretty high and the marketing is always the perfect family on the perfect day uh, with the perfect presence and all of that. So that, like, um, yeah, there's... um, there's a, there's a lot of stress attached to it. So what we are going to have a bit of a chat about today would be um, how we can maybe cut down on the stress yeah. of Christmas and a few things maybe to look out for. Yeah, and some of it is to do, I, I personally feel, some of it is to do with preparation. Yeah. If you can pr- prepare, you don't get as stressed. Absolutely. I intend to do it now this afternoon, which is a bit late. It should have been done last week. But anyway, I'm going to do a list, you know, like uh, things I have to do are that sounds terrible. No, because I hate have to and I don't like must and I don't like should. But um, things I intend to do, I'll make. it. OK. Um, and, uh, you know, there are certain visits that um, uh, we do. Um, and we will do them again um, this year. Um, there are uh, a few presents that need to be thought about, and uh, to be honest about it now, most of them are sorted. Um, Thanks to Mary. Uh, well, you know, you're spot on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. Listen, it's the same in every house, so uh, don't, wor- don't worry. I have to tell my fella, uh, this is what we got your mother. So for fear that okay. the mother will say, God, that's a lovely present. And he goes, what did I buy you? So, yeah, I think that happens in a lot of households. So don't worry about that. So, right. she's, got, so she's got that covered. But it's, it's down to making the list, Jim, a bit like Santi, checking it twice. And just know what you need to do and what jobs have to be done and when you're going to do it, rather than leave it all to the last minute. Yeah. And then where there are, you know, um, <coughs> I mean... Cut the clot according to the measure for, for presents. Um, if you can afford to be um, quite generous, if that's what you want to do, do. But if things are a bit tight, just cut down and, um, you know, uh, it really is the thought that counts. I mean, a thoughtful present um, is so much more valued, I think, by a person getting that than something, uh, you know, maybe even a little bit extravagant that can be just walking and get it in the shop. And I love the idea what a lot of families are doing now is the Chris Crindle or the Secret Santa. If there's, you know, a family of, say, five or six siblings or whatever, everybody's name goes into a hat, you get a one name, there's a limit on the the cost of the present and you go away and you buy one present for that one person and okay. it just uh, takes and so there's a, there, there's a bit of fun in that too there is there, there is and, yeah. and that matters too yeah. and, and then everyone get. I know in our family we all get to meet on that particular day before Christmas where we hand out the presents where we wouldn't have done that only we started introducing the Chris Crindle yeah yeah it's okay yeah. It, can, it, it can be good it takes pressure off every everybody as well yeah. and we must remember too that everyone isn't full of the joys about Christmas, um, <coughs> there are those less fortunate than ourselves who will be in poor circumstances this Christmas. Um, 
you know, and one had hoped that one of the nicer gifts, I suppose, um, would be, you know, Focus Ireland and Simon. Um, that, uh, that, that Those are worthy, worthy causes and, um, and, and should be thought of, I think, at this time of year too. Now, there are also people who aren't looking forward to it at all. Um, as you often said to me, and I often said to you, that if you don't get on with certain people or a certain person 364 days, there's not going to be a miraculous um, uh, change for the 360, 50. Mm. So maybe maybe one has to kind of uh, think ahead and, uh, and plan things. Like, for example, um, if you're attending uh, at home for, for Christmas and there is a particular person that maybe things aren't very good with you and the person, might be a little bit of planning, like someone that you do get on with to kind of say, look, if I give you the nod on Help Christmas me. afternoon, yeah. just say, I'd love to go for a walk. Yeah, um, get me you know, out. Have, 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 have an escape plan, like. Yeah, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Yeah. Um, and make sure table arrangements, if you are sitting around a table, that you're not sitting right beside somebody that maybe you just, for whatever reason, the family member you're not getting on with, you don't need to be sitting right beside them, yeah. past the gravy broth and you pour it over somebody. You know what I mean? You, yeah. there, there's things like that you can yeah. do. Now, I don't know if you heard earlier on, the example I was using when I was uh, discussing you coming on the programme, the lady who's been cooking Christmas for her family for years and the family really are just expecting her to do it. So last year she decided enough was enough and they went away for Christmas trying to break the tradition. But she's come back and they've straight away kicked in from September. Oh, so looking forward to all round to yours for Christmas. And she just, she feels now it's too late to cancel it this year. But she's very resentful. She took it over from when her mother became unwell a number of years ago. It's been going on for well over 10 years. The entire, all the the siblings come to her house and now their children are coming as well. And she's just got this huge number and what she yearns for is herself, her husband and her kids on their own for Christmas. Does she need to speak up? Well, um, there's kind of, I suppose you could say there's two ways of going there, maybe. Um, One would be to just straight out, straight up front, say, look, you're you're welcome, but I need help. Um, so um, come back to me with suggestions about um, who who can do what because um, I'm I'm you know I'm not able to do the whole lot on my own. No, that's one way. The other way, I um, there are assumptions made. Um, you know how does one diplomatically um, uh, get out of that? Maybe to say. Um, instead of a kind of a no about anything, to say a yes to a thing, how about everyone coming for a meal um, around, uh, whatever, the 2nd, the 3rd of January, when it would be lovely for us all to get together and um, <coughs> there would be less stress um, uh, to do with the meal and all of that. Now, that might work because you're not saying don't come, you, you're just kind of changing the day as it were. Yeah, because when I mentioned it, we had one uh, husband contacted us to say his wife was in the very same situation for many years and she was getting resentful of it. So a couple of years ago, when dinner was finished, he went in with a cup with everybody's name in it and he went to one of his children and he said, OK, pull a name out of the hat there. We're going to decide who's cooking dinner next year. And that broke the tradition. He, he said, you know, that then they got the mess, the hint that 
it's not right that it's always falling on my on my wife. Go. And it yeah. was the husband did it, not the not you know, not the, the wife. Yeah, who, I know. who was going because it's just it's it's you don't want to offend and yet she's feeling very resentful and rightly so she's feeling resentful. Yeah, there are assumptions made like so um maybe that would work. Maybe the very thing that you just mentioned would work. Um and then at least the lady would have the uh uh consolation of saying, Okay, but um from here on we're we're going uh, a different way. Um now that could kind of not suit as well from the point of view that that would mean that herself, her husband and their own children would be going elsewhere for Christmas. Yeah, and they, they, she yearns for Christmas at home themselves. Dennis yeah. said, hi, regarding the kind lady cooking for all of her extended family, my wife and I learned many years ago that bums invite themselves to your home, especially around Christmas. Simply say to these people, we, this was my husband and I, are thinking about something different for Christmas this year. We'll ring and let you know. Needless to say, that phone call was never made and they had a long wait for it. They quickly get the message. Happy Christmas to all, says Dennis. So it's, I, I suppose, judging by the calls that we're getting in, there's a number of people that this has happened to in the past. She's not going to be the first to have to stand up and say to her family, I don't want to do this anymore. Or, or to just say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really not able for that this year. Yeah. Simple as that, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Now, yeah. students and young adults coming home. Yeah, yeah. Um, you see... Students are used to students, and they're used to their friends in college, and they're used to um, where there are problems. They have the um, uh, lovely option of attending the college student centre, student counselling centre. Um, I worked in that one in UCC for seven years. Um, uh, it's a wonderful service, and it's also in NUIG, Galway, UL, etc., etc. Um, but to, to kind of be aware that they miss their peers. Um, uh, now, if there are family tensions, they'll pick it up nearly the, two minutes after walking in the door. So, like, try and... Um, uh, you're a contentious stuff, and um, uh, especially we'll even go as far as controversial stuff, to kind of... Li- don't bring it up, because... Um, uh, you know, that's not going to add to um, uh, pleasantness um, uh, at, at, at Christmas. And then there are, I can remember well, um, you know, um, people change. We'll say that when, when, when children are young, everyone goes off to Mass on Christmas Day, and I think that's lovely and... Um, then a year comes and somebody says, well, actually, I'm going to have a lie-in. Um, I won't be going. And, I mean, the immediate thing is a feeling of disappointment for the parent and a feeling of, oh, God, you know. Um, uh, but I think it has to be respected, um, even though that it might be a bitter old pill to swallow that one might have to maybe have a little discussion about it, but respect the the young person's uh, choice. Um, I mean, some do attend the religious ceremonies. I love them at Christmas, and some don't, and, and to respect each person's decision. And that can be a toughie. Um, another thing um, that's happening quite a bit now is that a lot of younger people especially 
Um, when I say younger now, I just mean um, <laughs> maybe 30s, maybe 40s. Okay. Um, they're all very young to me now, Patricia. All right. But, um, uh, you know, if, 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 um, if a person ha- has decided to go vegetarian... Yeah, in their in their eating habits. Very popular at the moment. Yeah, and and that. even a step further, veganism. Yeah, everybody's a nightmare vegan coming for dinner. Right. So I mean, and to do one's best, and to maybe discuss with them in advance. Look, what exactly would it be that we can do? Uh, because um, you know, uh, one might say I I I I'm not very well up in in. Um, in vegan or vegetarian meals, so yeah. help me out here, and um, uh, and and that. Um, yeah, and uh, and equally, I think if a vegetarian or a vegan is coming to dinner and they bring something with them, they might bring a nut roast or they might bring something. Don't be offended if somebody's saying, "Look, I just brought this to take." You know the way some people absolutely. go. Some, some hosts can get offended. Absolutely, after. take the hand and all off them, saying thank you. You're more than welcome. But so, you know, I I would know of some, particularly vegans who would do that. Oh would, yeah. You know, you'd bring their own dinner. Just yeah. they'll, they'll eat some of your dinner, but just to make sure to take a bit of pressure off you. So yeah. just don't get offended. Yeah. In the case of one of my sons, now one of our sons, I should say, um, uh, is a vegetarian, and uh, the only thing is that we joke about it now is that he doesn't really want to hear the word ravioli. Because um, <laughs> on standard. every menu, everywhere he goes, yeah. it can be yeah, standard one choice. Standard fare. Actually, somebody sent in a text earlier, and I meant to say it, uh, asking how is your son Ken doing? Ken is doing pretty okay. Um, the, the word is, like on his last review, stable. And I suppose that's good. I mean... Um, We'd like to hear um, that this or that has happened, which is um, uh, very positive, but we haven't, but neither have we heard that anything has gotten any worse. So I suppose we've got to settle for stable, and that's how things are. Okay. Okay. And of course, it, it immediately brings up another difficulty. You see, we always had six for Christmas dinner. Yeah. Then, um... Uh, one of our sons got married and I remember being, oh, you know, a, a, a little bit unreasonable, kind of, what, you won't be here for Christmas dinner? And then I had to kind of reflect that when when Mary and myself got married, we had Christmas dinner in our own place. Yeah, um, yeah, and that does, that does happen with families as well. Yeah. And yeah. that first Christmas, who do you go with? And then, and then, if you go, you know, you would hear of people going, "Oh, we'll go to we'll go to the bride's mother's for the first Christmas. We'll go to the groom's mother for the second Christmas, and then come to the third Christmas. They might just want to have Christmas on their own. And, pa- and, and parents have to get used to that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Another difficulty, of course, is where someone is um, thousands of miles away, like yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we'll be on the old WhatsApp on Christmas Day. But um, yeah, like in a way. Um, you know, there are two chairs at the Christmas dinner table that um, uh, where, where the lads will be um, uh, with their wives, which yeah. is where they should be. And, okay, um, and of course you've got the you've got so many breakups within families, so you've got separation yeah. and, and divorce. Yeah. You know, again, it's the priority has got to be the children, and that that goes back to planning as well, and, and everyone being reasonable about arrangements. Absolutely, it? you know, one year. Um, 
Christmas Day with 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 one person, and the next year, uh, and 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 the next year, then the Christmas Day with the other, and maybe Stephen's Day with uh, you know a swap over there, okay. and to just make reasonable arrangements and don't compete with the presents and keep it about the kids. We're going yeah. to we're going to continue with this discussion, and and next week we're going to bring in uh, talking about bereavement at Christmas because yeah. it can be such a difficult time. Joe, as always, a pleasure. Have a good week, and, and the we'll, same. we'll chat again next week. That's Joe Heffernan, who runs a counselling practice in Bohibwe. His number is 029-76617. And I want to give a mention to a text I've just had in from a listener in the Canturk area to say, hi Patricia, just want to warn people. I've just had a man, I would reckon he's in his 50s. He had curly grey hair, driving a small green van. I believe he was trying to steal my dogs. He was claiming to be a dog warden. So please be extremely careful. And that was in the Canturk uh, area. Uh, we are going to have more on that tomorrow and we'll get on to the Gardaí as well and we'll get on obviously to the council to see about the dog warden and when dog wardens go out. I mean, I'm assuming they will always go out with proper ID, but just be careful. A man in his 50s, curly grey hair, driving a small green van. That's where we leave you uh, for today. Thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. We're back with you tomorrow at 10 o'clock and we have more of those 50 euro vouchers to give away for Sue's uh, Asian uh, street food in Mallow. Until tomorrow at 10, I'm Patricia Messenger. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration, festive food and fun, the Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. Here at C103, we've given away shopping vouchers worth a total of €5,000. €5,000. C103's Christmas Covered. Congratulations, Tricia. You're today's winner on C103's Christmas Covered. €500, one for all voucher, will be winging its way to you. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Colin Baker in Mitchellstown. 12 was the total, wasn't it? It was! Yes, there were 15 bells. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, 11. Kieran, I'm so delighted to be able to pass this gift your way. Thanks very much. I'm, I'm delighted. Congratulations. <laughs> wow, I'm actually crying. Tears on the radio. Oh my goodness, what a lovely response. Lauren, I'm so pleased for you. Thank you. Well done to all our lucky winners. C103's Christmas Covered. With Dennis and Mary Ryans, where the new 2020 C5 Aircross has arrived. Now open Sundays. See Ryan's.ie. And stay listening for our next big giveaway. Coming soon to Cork's Greatest Hits. C103. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.